You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I invite you this evening, if you would, to turn with me to the book of Job. It'll be in chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 20 and 21. And then we're also going to be in chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 9 and 10. Just uh, thank you for the opportunity to get up and preach what God has laid upon my heart. And I know you guys can't see it from back there, but our young people, they were all tapping in unison as the women were singing. It's a great thing to see these young ladies use their talents for the Lord, these young men as well. And I'm very thankful for our, our young people. And uh, been much reflection on this past year of 2020. It's been a pretty crazy year. Uh, I think nobody would have ever expected anything like COVID. Unfortunately, we've seen loved ones go home to be with the Lord. I shouldn't say unfortunate because we know where they're at this, this evening. Um, we have seen many personal trials in our own lives, uh, whether it be in our marriages, maybe it's at home with our children, maybe it's in our job. Um, but by all accounts, 2020 has been a pretty tough year. It's caused me to do much reflex, reflection on my own life, the circumstances that I've faced, the trials that I've gone through, the trials that I've seen many of you guys go through. And uh, I'm always amazed as I see people go through circumstances. You have those people that are just positive in everything. It almost frustrates me <laughs> because it's, it's very hard for me to be positive. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm typically negative, and that's something I work very hard on. I want to be positive, but I'm always amazed how you can ask somebody how they're doing, and they can say, pretty good under the circumstances. That always amazes me. It always causes me to wonder how people can say that, specifically how Christians can say that. And so I began to wonder this very same thing as I reflected on the circumstances of my own life. Now I'm young enough that I haven't faced many hard circumstances, but I'm old enough, the ones that I have faced, the ones that I've watched you guys go through, I could arrive at this one truth Despite the circumstances, God is good. I would invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Chapter 1, verse 20 says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then look with me in chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, again, I just thank you for the opportunity to do what you have called me to do, Lord. I pray that you would just make it clear to your people what you have laid on my heart, Lord. I look forward to sharing it with them, and I pray that you just be given all the praise, honor, and glory in everything that's done, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Be seated. 
I began to reflect much on this year and uh, much on my life, the many trials and tribulations that I have faced. Again, the many trials and tribulations I've watched many of you go through. And God began to lay on my heart, not specifically our circumstances, but really how we respond to those circumstances. And so tonight we'll be looking at the response of Job and his wife to the circumstance they have just faced. And I know a Wednesday, Wednesday night crowd, we know the story of Job. We know how that uh, they had been blessed with much. They had a very great household. They had many servants, much livestock, and ten children. And uh, we know that also Satan desired to uh, attack Job and put him through a trial, and God allowed that. And because of that, they lost everything. And so I'd like us to look at four points this evening. Uh, point number one, the good that they shared. I think oftentimes we read the book of Job and we get focused mainly on him. His wife is Mary, mentioned very little, and when she is, after we read about her, it's pretty much an afterthought. But this evening I'd like us to consider also Job's wife. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So I believe from this verse we could, we could say that God's word, say when a man and a woman are married, that they are as one. So we could say this evening that everything that Job has experienced, the blessings, the trials, his wife is also experiencing. We read in the first few verses of the book of Job, uh, the many blessings that him and his wife uh, shared. It says Job was a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. He and his wife had seven sons and three daughters. And the Bible says his substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household. The Bible says he was the greatest of all the men of the East. He had much land, much property, much livestock, many children. I believe often again we read this and we just think about Job. But I believe we could say this evening that Job's wife also shared in the many blessings that Job had received. Surely she was aware of the many blessings and whom they had come from. And as any mother could attest this evening, I'm sure she had many fond memories of the children that she had raised for the Lord. I believe also that we could see in verse 5 that these children realized the reverence their parents had for, for God. Chapter 1, verse 5, if you'll look there with me, it says, And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offering according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. No doubt, I believe we could say this evening that Job's wife also spent much time in prayer about her children you could see the devotion of this father and this mother as they desired to raise their children for the Lord. And I believe as parents, we also know how hard it is to raise children for the Lord. And there's no other way we could do that but by God's grace. No doubt people had taken notice to their physical wealth, but also their spiritual wealth. I believe by all accounts, we could say Job and his wife were wealthy in the physical sense, but also that they reverence the Lord. Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, 
which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. God had been good to Job and his wife, and they had put their trust in the Lord. Tonight I believe it would be easy to see the good God has given to us and done in our own lives. I know we don't always look at it this way, but our children are a blessing from God. The spouse in which he has given us is a blessing from God. The ability of the job set that he has given us to work a job to be able to provide for our family is a blessing of God. Some of us in here have the privilege of owning a business, and we know that there's much trial that goes with that, but it's good because God gave it to us. God has given many of us health. Our finances are in order. And we must always remember how good God has been to us. So we've seen the good they shared. Let us look now at the God they shared. The Bible again says, Job continually offered burnt offerings for his children. I believe if we were to look at chapter 2, verse 10, we could see that Job's wife believed and prayed to the same God Job did. Look with me, if you will. Chapter 2, verse 10. It says, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speakest. This, to me, would imply that she had never spoken about God in this way before. This, to me, would further imply that she had a relationship with God, a personal relationship, as well as with her husband. She was aware of what God had done for them, and she knew who God was. I believe in order to understand the God that they shared, we must look at who God is. There's no better place to look at who God is than His Word. Exodus 34 says, He is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, 1 John 4.16 says that he is love. Hebrews 13 says that he is the same yesterday and today and forever. 1 John 1.5 says he is light and in him is no darkness. James 1.17 says every good gift and perfect gift is from him. Psalm 18.20 says his way is perfect and he is a buckler to those who trust him. Isaiah 41.10 says he is with us. He is our God. He will strengthen us and help us. Psalm 103.8 says he is slow to anger and plentiness in mercy. Jeremiah 29.11 says his thoughts toward us are of peace and not of evil. Proverbs 16.9 says the Lord directs our steps. He is a faithful God, a trustworthy God, and a loving God. I am learning more and more that our circumstances must drive us to the Father and not away. And when we realize who God is, we see how good he has been to us. How could we not want to run to our Heavenly Father? I would ask you this evening, who is God to you? Is he not good? A couple years ago, we had the blessing on June 9, 2018. As we see, Holden was born into the world and uh, Many of you know Holden. He's a little blonde-headed kid that likes to run around, likes to play on the piano. That's his favorite thing. And um, to be quite honest with you, I'm almost embarrassed to tell this story. Uh, some know, but most don't. Uh, Holden has really been uh, a special baby from the very beginning. Um, I remember that night, uh, June 8th, we were, we were waiting for our spot in the hospital. It was about 11 o'clock that evening. Uh, they finally called us and uh, said, hey, we got a spot for you. We're ready for you. So, you know, we made the trek over to the hospital 
and we're getting ready. Of course, you know, this is, this is my first experience with the birthing process. And so I'm scared out of my mind. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. And uh, we started at about midnight, and it was six or seven hours uh, before Holden arrived. But in that time, uh, I just sensed that something wasn't right. I wondered why the nurses kept coming in. And uh, I assumed, I uh, looked to my wife for guidance because she had been through this. I hadn't. And so I, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue as to what was going on. And I'm like, this, this can't be normal. And so I stepped out in the hallway. And uh, you step out in the hallway, there's two giant monitors, and you have four rooms at the end. And I get out there, and there's 10 to 15 nurses and doctors standing in the hallway. I thought, this, this can't be good. What, what is this all about? And they're looking at a monitor, and I look over at the monitor, and it says Priscilla Gonatakis on it. And so I begin to worry, and I don't know what to do. I don't want to frighten Priscilla because she's already going through a lot. And uh, so I ask the doctor, what's wrong? And he begins to explain to me what the lines on the screen mean. And he says, you see those lines every time they spike up. That's your wife having a contraction. And you see these lines every time they go down. That's your son's heart rate dropping dangerously low. And so this caused a lot of fear for me, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to tell my wife what was going on. And um, it was just, uh, I had forgotten how good God had been and how he'd brought me through many things before. And I didn't know what was going to happen but I just continued to trust him in that. And as we got closer, they decided that it wasn't necessary for the emergency C-section. And so Holden came into the world, and here he is, this beautiful little boy. We were surprised that he was white. <laughs> we all thought he was going to come out brown. Uh, but he came out with, with uh, blonde hair, white as can be. I call him my little widow baby, <laughs> and uh, he's just this amazing little blessing. But really from there, that's not where the trouble stopped. And with Holden, I struggled greatly because I saw what was going on with him. People, people would tell me, oh, it's okay, he's a little behind. Don't worry, it's okay. Little things that I, I thought, Maybe he should be getting something as simple as holding his bottle, something as simple as crawling and sitting up on his own. He wasn't doing these things like kids his age were doing. And so this caused me great concern, and I began to shelter Holden. I was worried that kids were going to treat him differently because he was a little different. And for some of you that do know our situation and you know about Holden, you know that we've been spent sending him to speech therapy for the last few months, and, and as many could attest, he's gotten to the point where you almost want him to be quiet. He talks so much. <laughs> it's an amazing thing, it really is. But in that, I was so concerned that people were gonna make fun of, of my little boy, and, and I struggled with that. Holden probably didn't have a care in the world, but I really, really struggled with that. It's amazing to me how, how Satan knows he knows how to get at God's people. And that's what he was going to use to try to take me down. And for a while, 
I allowed it and I sheltered Holden. I didn't want him to be picked on. I didn't want him to be made fun of for being different. And I allowed it to just eat at me. Night after night, my wife would tell me there's nothing wrong with him. And there's not. That's my son and I love him. Grateful for what God has done in his life. But I had remembered in first grade, I remembered specifically this instance. We had these we would all eat lunch together, and we had these, these uh, special needs children that sat next to us. And, uh, you know, I didn't know much about that. I didn't know what was wrong with them. I just knew that they were different, and that was okay by me. Uh, but the kids that I sat with made fun of them, and so I went back to that, that time in first grade, and I was concerned. And uh, it really took God getting a hold of me and, and just having me step back from the situation uh, I think a lot of you, if, if you if you looked for it, you would notice that I that I hover around Holden quite a bit because I'm worried about him. And uh, when I stepped back and finally looked at how people were treating him, one of his favorite games is to allow the teenagers to shove him in a locker, and he likes to jump out. And he thinks it's the funnest thing in the world. And he's gotten to the point now where he associates church with Gina. <laughs> Both of my children, for whatever reason, when you say church, they say Gina. I'm pretty sure she's uh, bribing them with something. That's why he always wants goldfish. I'm, I'm sure of it. But thank you. That means a lot. It really does. Uh, to know that all the concern and the fear that I had, God said, I've been good to you. And I can be good to you through this. I had, for, I had gotten so focused on my son that I had forgotten about his son. I had forgotten how good he had been to me over and over again. I think when we stop and realize who God is, we can know that it is not his desire to make our lives difficult, but rather for us to grow and to trust him and see how truly good he is. So we see the good that they shared, the God they shared now let us look at the grief they shared. Again, we know the story of Job. We know how that they had many blessings, but in an instant they lost everything. The livestock, the servants, the children, just like that, it was gone. One minute it was there, the next minute all they had was the memories. I think too often this is where the rubber meets the road for most Christians. It's easy to praise God when things are going the way we want. It's easy when the children are doing right and they're going to church. It's easy when things at home are in order. It's easy when our finances are in order. It's easy when our businesses are doing well. It's easy when things are going great at work. But too often, time and time again, I've watched too many Christians completely turn their back on God for a circumstance. They forget how that he had blessed them over and over again. Let's just look at it for what it is tonight. This is really growth in action. And God never promised growth wouldn't be painful. I think too often, too many Christians, they have this sense of spiritual entitlement. They think that because they tithe or because they give to missions, because they come to church Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday night, they show up to soul winning, they have this preconceived notion that nothing bad can ever happen to them. 
but we know this evening that that's not true. God never promised that this life would be easy. In fact, he doesn't owe us anything. And if all that we ever got from God was his son dying on the cross for us, that would have been more than enough. But again and again and again, he blesses us. He shows his goodness to us. And too often we turn our backs on him. I think oftentimes there becomes this disconnect, especially among new Christians that haven't been in the faith for a long time, or our younger generation, you haven't really faced trials or tribulations. And so you don't understand that the same God that has been good would allow such a circumstance to enter into your life. Or I've even heard some say that they believe that just because they believe in God, he should just take them out of all difficult circumstances. And truthfully, if he did that, we would never have the opportunity to grow and know how good he is. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to lead a young man that I work with to the Lord, and he had actually sought after me. He had heard that, as he said, are you religious? <laughs> and so he began to lay out his whole life story to me about the situation that he was in, and I won't go into detail, but I will tell you this, his situation was because he was living in sin. This wasn't a circumstance that he was facing, and it took two hours of me explaining who God was. He thought that if I said a prayer for him, or if I took it to the church for him, or if that he gave me a certain amount of money, or if that I gave him a special prayer to say, that God would just completely take him out of the situation because he didn't want to be in that. Later on, he would come to accept Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. But I think too many, people, too many times people have a misunderstanding of God and who he is. We think that God owes us something and that he should just give us what we want right away. But it doesn't work that way. We don't really know much about Job and his wife before their circumstance, but I think it would be safe to say that they had never faced such a circumstance before this. I think this evening we must understand that just as there is a God who loves and cares for us, there is Satan who desires to destroy us completely and hinder anything in the way of growth for the Lord. Just as there is a heaven, there is a hell. And just as there is good, there is grief. And you cannot have one without the other. If you would look with me really quick in, in Job chapter 2, verse 10, it says, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speakest. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? He's saying here that do you think just because we devote our lives to God that we're just going to get good continually all the time? He says, no. There's going to be evil. When we look at this word evil, it's talking about disaster or illness or afflictions or circumstances that come into our lives. We must remember that even in the difficult circumstances, God is good. We know the story of Paul. Uh, Paul faced many trials multiple shipwrecks, he was stoned, he was beaten, whipped, and thrown in prison for his zeal for God and to go forward with the gospel. We know that 
Satan had buffeted Paul with a thorn in his flesh. And we know that Paul asked three times for God to remove his thorn in the flesh, and each time he was denied. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we are weak, he is strong, and we can always go to him. Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I love the last part of that verse, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I don't know what God has planned for me, if I'll ever lead a church, or what he's going to do in my life. But whatever it is, I want the power of Christ upon me. If it's just in my marriage, if it's with my children, I can think of nothing greater than the power of Christ. And we can see how Paul rejoiced in that. He said, well, since you put it that way, Lord... I can deal with this. Do we see how even when it is hard, God is still good? More than that, do we truly believe it this evening? I mean, when's the last time we actually sat and praised God for the good when it was so hard? When's the last time we actually thanked Him? It's easy when we're going through the circumstance to not to not go to the Lord in prayer, but oftentimes I know in my own life I've looked back at the circumstances that he's brought me through and I can just stand in amazement at the many blessings that he has bestowed upon me that I didn't even deserve. This evening we have looked at the good they shared, the God they shared, and the grief they shared. Now look with me at the response they didn't share. We have two people One circumstance, both have experienced the same good, both have experienced the same God and the same grief, but have two very different responses. I believe most of us would like to believe we would respond as Job did. And I could say this evening, I've watched many of you go through circumstances where you have, but I've also seen too many Christians respond the way Job's wife did. How often do we respond the way Job's wife did for much less? Verses 9 and 10 says, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Too often we read the story of Job and we look at verse 9 and we think, what a foolish woman. But I'd ask you this evening to put yourself in her position. What if you had lost all ten of your children and all of your servants and all of your livestock and you watched your husband as he tried to scrape the boils and bring relief that he had all over his body? If you were in her position... Would not you have said, curse God and die? I think too often we read about that, we think how foolish she is, and then we go on to the next verse. But I really began to think about this, and I've seen it over and over again. Too many Christians, we act upon emotion. We get in a moment of utter weakness and complete vulnerability, and we yell out, 
curse God and die. Now, I'm not saying this evening that her response was the right one, but what I am saying is that that's the response that Satan desires from you and me. That's the response that he was looking for from Job. How can we look down upon her when we can't even see God's goodness in the little things that he has done for us? How many of us might say, curse God and die if you touch my money, if you take my children? How about this? If you take my husband, if you take my wife, if you take this ministry away from me, Job says to her, Thou speakest as the foolish women speak, but never before in the Bible is it recorded that she had ever spoken in such a way about the God that they shared. I believe had she been given more time to look back on the circumstance, I believe if we were able to talk to her tonight, she might just say that she regretted those words, but that's how she'll forever be remembered. I think had she stopped and looked back, she could have seen the good that God had done in a tough circumstance. It's hard to see the end result when we're going through the circumstance, but we must not act out of emotion. We must realize that through that circumstance, how good God has been to us. I think if we aren't careful, we can have that very same response that Job's wife did. Look at that same circumstance, but Job's response. We know that he suffered the same loss, the livestock, the children, the servants. But we look in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 1. It says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, Job understood He'd come into this world with nothing, and he was going to leave with nothing. Everything that he had was given to him by the Lord. And if the Lord so wished to take it away, he could. It was his. When we remember that God is in full control of our lives, how good he has been to us, how much he has given us, we can have that same response that Job had. I am learning that the more me and my family step out in faith, the more Satan desires to hinder our growth. Remember in November of 2017, we had been married a little over a year. We had been expecting our first child. I believe she was two or three months pregnant at this point. Uh, she had been saved a little over two years. And uh, this was really the first time that we were ever going to get to spend any time alone without Jeremy and Jillian. And so uh, we had the opportunity to attend a wedding uh, in Florida with a friend that I had gone to high school with. And so we travel there and we're enjoying the fellowship. And it wasn't long after we got there. We get to the hotel, we get settled in, and I fall asleep. Um, it wasn't shortly after that that my wife had woken me up in a panic. She began to tell me, we have to go to the hospital, we have to go to the hospital. I was like, what's going on? Why do we need to go to the hospital? I don't know. Just get up. We need to go to the hospital. Okay. So we get in the car and we go to the hospital. We find the nearest one. And 
and we race over and she goes in and they take her immediately and she goes to the back and for 30 to 45 minutes I'm sitting in the waiting room by myself I don't have a clue what's going on you can imagine the thoughts that came to mind uh, at this point she was pregnant with Holden yes but I really didn't know Holden she was only pregnant with him for a month or two I'd really had nothing invested in Holden at this time my concern was for my wife I was worried she'd only been saved for a couple years. I wasn't sure of the response that she was going to have, depending upon the outcome of what was happening. And so after 30 to 45 minutes of crying like a baby and praying in the waiting room, I was finally asked to come back, and I come back, and my wife's in a hospital bed, the hospital gown, tears rolling down her face, and I ask her what's wrong, and she can't really answer me. At that moment, we thought that we had lost Holden. We weren't really sure what was going to happen. Uh, just remember asking her if she wanted to pray, not really sure of how she was going to respond. And so we prayed, and I said, Lord, whatever happens, good or bad, we're going to give you the glory in it. And I remember asking Priscilla if she understood what I meant by that, and she said yes, and in that moment, Really, all of my fears and concerns had gone away. Uh, I realized the response of my wife. Uh, what a blessing that was to know that regardless of whatever happened, she was going to give God the glory in it. Now we look back at that and we see how good God has been because he's blessed us with this beautiful baby boy. But if we're not careful, Satan will have us to respond just as Job's wife did in a circumstance like that. I think if we were to examine our past circumstances, we would be faced with the truth that God has been so good to us, too good to us, even when it's been tough. I would challenge you this evening to think of your past circumstances, to try and find one instance, one trial, having been through the circumstance where you couldn't look back and say, wow, God is good. It is all His, and He can do as He wishes with it, as long as we keep Him. And we can this evening. Let us never forget how good God is, even in the tough circumstances. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.